You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. Hello everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Peasley. Okay, guys. Yeah. So. What's up? So jump right in. I've had this, I've had it outlined for a while. I did the research. I got up this morning because I'm like, I think I can fit something in to this. That's what she said. Go on. (sighs) I think I can fit a story that would be really good into this, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure that I can like fit it in and not have enough and not like have like a two hour long episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, I started on it <laughs> on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I came upon some information that basically made a lot of my other information null and void. Oh, and I had to go back in and update everything and. Oh no! Th- those <sighs> those last those last minute additions will get you every time. And I'm glad that I did. Yeah, because like it it it. First of all, I feel like people would have called me out for it. Yeah. Second of all, I feel like it's it's a big thing. Okay. It's such a pain to have to do that though. Yeah, it really is. But I mean, it, it is probably good that you found that instead yeah. of you know going forward and then. You know, having it pointed out later, or maybe finding out yourself later. Oh yeah, that would yeah. that would hurt. Anyway, so <laughs> but I, it still sucks nonetheless. I basically told people last week what this was going to be. I've been talking about it since I finished the celestial arc, and then did the transitionary awesome arc episode. Yes, I'm revisiting my current multi arc arc of celestial <laughs> infernal creatures. Multi arc arc. The the overarching arc. Yes. Of arcs. So we've gone over the big three types of celestials. We've done Awesomar, and we've done tieflings, albeit completely out of order. Oops. Yeah, yeah I mean, it happens. It's Today, fine. Today we move on to, well, okay. To begin, I'll tell you this. <laughs> mm-hmm. The umbrella term for evil outsiders is fiend. Oh, gotta love um, those umbrella terms. Yeah, okay. You will recall, and we've talked about this before, Fiends are also a completely separate term for certain types of lower plane creatures. Yeah. Like right. the Tanari and Yugoloths. Yeah, exactly. But also they're all all fiends. I, I don't like it. It's confusing. <laughs> so it's like fingers and thumbs, but also toes mixed in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's there like there are fiends and they're all fiends, but then there are not fiends. So it's like there are fiends that but, aren't fiends and there's fiends that are fiends. I, so, I, I don't um, like it. <laughs> get ready to be confused. Got it. Yeah. In my personal opinion, there should be a broader term like infernals. No, but the broader term is fiends. The, the it, fact that it, it, it should be a different term. The <laughs> fact that it also refers to a a, a smaller group within is 
<laughs> they don't care. Yeah, no. They do not. I could be missing important information, but I basically read through Planescape multiple times and then several other sources once. Mm-hmm. But Planescape is one of those things where it's like, okay, I think I get it. Let me do another read through. Because I love Planescape, but it's written in such a way where it is basically written as an opinion piece. Mm-hmm. Which is always fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I've come up with this. Okay. Devils are lawful evil fiends that come from the nine hells of Bator. Okay. They include the Batazu, which are the are which are officially recognized fiends, and non-official fiends, imps, hellcats, chain devils, etc. Cool. There are more in there, but I've just thrown in a few. Okay. okay. Basically, I'll be honest, the front page of the wiki for that, even though, like, I will eventually get into, like, what all is included in Devils, it's just a grab bag. Right. Um, Okay, so demons are chaotic evil fiends that come from the abyss. There are a ton of them. Yeah. They include the Tanari, the only official fiends in this category, the Obereth, which predate... Well, the distinction of fiends, but I'll get to that much later, not oh. in this episode. Oh, um, boy. As well as the Lumara, the Babalith, Be- uh, Blood Fiends, Death Drinkers, Gazneth, Gur, Maw Demons, Kazareth, Quasi Retrievers, Shadow Demons, Shusuva, Solvin, Sol- and the Yakul. Um, Can you repeat the fourth one? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no. Actually, it's funny. The fourth one's Death Drinkers. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's all we needed. No, that's all I needed. Um, other official fiends are neutrally evil, and they are described only as fiends, not demons or devils. Just okay. fiends. Just fiends. And it includes the Garaleths, the Eagleoths, and Hordlings. There are more types of fiends in the broader sense that were not sorted into demons or devils, but I'll get to them at a later date. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's that's kind of the good lord. The, the strictures we've we've yeah. laid out, kind of. We have so many fiends to get through. We're going to, have to break them up into chunks. Okay. And then we're going to break those chunks up into chunks. <laughs> Great. Oh, God. So, chunks of chunks of chunks. Today we are going to focus on the devils. Okay. So a pretty good place to start would be with an origin story. Okay. This one comes from 3.5 edition and a supplement called Fiendish Codex 2 Tyrants of the Nine Hells, which was released in 2006. Okay. It's called The the Pact Primeval, and it describes countless cultures having their own versions of this tale. It describes Asmodeus as an angel created by the deities to wage war against demons. Okay. Asmodeus was the bravest, toughest, fiercest, etc., etc., angel, (laughs) and he slew countless demons. Eons wore on, and the story goes that Asmodeus and his angels began to take on the traits of demons to better fight them. That has never backfired. Ever. Ever. No. Yeah. No, no. that's common. Yeah. Um, you're probably getting some uh, Lucifer energy here. Yeah, yeah. Basically, as soon as you said the word angel, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. This is a, mm. a familiar tale. Tales old as time. Quite literally. Well, even though weren't there no, like, demons before? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, It's a different thing. Basically, in the world of D&D, and I'll get into it more during the demon episode, demons predate devils for sure. 
but demons basically came out of the primeval chaos itself. Okay. I also briefly, even though you literally just explained it, I briefly forgot that demons are different than devils because this is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> this is Dungeons and Dragons. They are not the same word for a different thing. They are two very distinct things. Yes. So like I said, eons were on and Asmodeus began to take on the traits. Uh, eventually, the Celestials petitioned for the deities to banish Asmodeus and his avenging angels, and they were put on trial. In this, story, in this particular story is for, for Heronius, the god of val- valor. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of really good dialogue in this story that shows a lot of Asmodeus's character. But essentially, Asmodeus is his own lawyer and points out that he's <laughs> done nothing illegal. <laughs> and that never works. He has upheld the order for the gods. I mean, it worked. There, he's right. Oh, it worked. I'm, okay, I am surprised that it worked. Congrats. I mean, they were like, I mean, yeah, technically speaking, he's just kind of creepy and just <laughs> attacks demons way too hard. It's like, hey, you know, it's technically not wrong, but still kind of weird. And like. The story describes Asmodeus and his angels as, like, becoming darker and darker and developing more, like, demonic features. Sick. As time goes on. So, like, it's this, like, imagine him, like, being in court. He used to look like this, like, perfect paladin angel. Pristine. And, And now, like, he's still pristine. He's got order because, like, he respects the law, but, like... He's got, like, little perfectly pointed fangs now. He's starting yeah. to get those uh, horns in. Yeah. Oh, boy. His eyes are probably pretty creepy. Yeah. But it worked. They're like, I mean, yeah. Uh, Fine. He found the loophole. I mean, that's kind of shitty of them, though. Well. Because they made him for, I'm sure you'll have more of that. They made him for that purpose. Exactly. And I then mean, they, like, I mean, I know that, you know, the whole taking on demonic traits may be... But, you know, like, they made him for that purpose, and then they were like, hey. You're we're doing mad at- your job too well. Yeah, we're mad at you for being too good at your job. I mean, and that's definitely how it, how it is from Asmodeus's point of view. And I want to mention in this story, at this point, there is no distinction between good and evil. Like, that's recognized. It's all law and order. I mean, Like, the there, early days of D&D. I mean, is there ever a distinction between good and evil? Yes, it's called Dungeons and Dragons, so there's a oh, whole okay. chart about it. Damn it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, like, very, like, the first edition of D&D. There's, yeah, just, just law and, or order. Law and. Or lawful or chaos. <laughs> law and order. <laughs> Special victims dun, unit. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> so, they let him... Basically, just keep doing what he was doing, except now they definitely don't trust him. And he knows that they don't trust them, that they don't trust him. Yeah. And and I mean, at that point, I feel like it would be obvious. Yeah. yeah. After, like, the first confrontation, like, hey, you're doing this wrong or, like, you're too chaotic. I mean, that would probably put some hint of, like, yeah, I don't think they trust me now. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Um, so... The deities um, built towers and, like, citadels to basically escape them. And Asmodeus proclaimed that his angels were entitled to full privileges of their rank. Yeah. Where they're the champions of law. Wherever the 
deities are and the celestials are, that's where his angels should be allowed to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would agree to that. You know, if and you... <laughs> he, he won that. You know, if you told me before we started recording this that I was going to sympathize with Asmodeus, I'd be like, nah. Nah. <laughs> well, actually... actually I might be like, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's that. That sounds like a very you thing. <laughs> yeah, but also, it does. Yeah, you know. So the gods went on to create mortals in the material plane, and when the demons came, Asmodeus and his angels pushed them back. They they did what they were supposed to do, mm-hmm. and they helped the gods create barriers to hold the demons under. Together, they created mountains, icy wastes, oceans, caverns that led to nowhere, all to seal off the demons in the abyss. Yeah. Okay. All was in order until mortals became curious. As they do. They tunneled and explored, scaled mountains and created mines. Ate from the tree. Yeah, they ate from the tree. (laughs) And demons were released upon the world again and set on destroying it. Of course. Because that's what happens. That's just how it works. That's how demons do. So... Oof. Yeah. This time, Asmodeus had a solution for the deities, who were distraught that mortals had used their free will to endanger themselves. Wow, who'd have thought? Yeah. Who'd have thought? And I will say, the story basically describes the, or the conversation as Asmodeus coming in, like, who'd have thought that free will was a bad idea? And the deities were like, I mean, we didn't think it was a bad idea. <laughs> well, it was. Yeah, those those deities have, have never been like the parent of a toddler or like a dog or yeah. something. <laughs> like the chocolate's gonna kill them, but they're gonna try to eat it. Yeah, you know. So chances were that the deities would play the same song and dance with demons for eternity without intervention, and that's exactly what Asmodeus told them. He suggested that while the deities taught mortals to stay away from chaos and obey the, their laws. They didn't follow them to a T because there was no punishment for disobeying. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a big, like, law and punishment person. Me either, but... But Asmodeus is making some good points I here. I mean, yeah. In in the context of the situation that they're in, he's definitely making some good points here. Yeah. I feel like the same thing could be, like, fixed by just going up and telling the mortals what, what's up. Like, just being like, hey... If you tear down that particular wall, the demons are going to spill forth and kill you. <laughs> so that wall over there is fine. That one will release demons that will murder you. Cut to me pickaxing at that wall, at the demon wall. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Wait, demons? Really? Cool. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and then I, I'm struck down where I stand. Yeah. So Asmodeus and the deities agreed that punishment for sin would be torment. The gods thought that the announcement would be enough to sway mortals, just going out and saying, hey, if you're sinful, you'll die and be tortured forever. Yeah, they tried that one on me and it didn't work. (laughs) Because I sin every day. Yeah, mortals suck. Mortals do suck. I mean, I I feel like that also probably wasn't a strong... Like, I'm not saying you should just start tormenting people apropos of nothing, but I feel like just saying that's not necessarily a strong... Yeah. A strong point. But the gods were so sure that everyone would just be like, oh, God, there's there's punishment? Well, we better be on our best behavior now. But no. <laughs> no. Nope. So, not. Asmodeus just 
Despater and Mephistopheles began to punish them. Darkening the heavens and the gods' gardens started to drip with blood because they're all in the celestial planes right now. Oh, so like punish them, not punish them. Okay. Yeah. No, they're like (laughs) have them on racks torturing them. Oh, dang. I mean. I was joking, by the way. I did say torment. Yeah. Yeah. That. That would count, I, I guess. I was joking, by the way. I, I, at no point did I think this was going to end sexy, so. I mean. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Asmodeus is probably into some weird shit. Probably. More on that later. So, so. Oh! <laughs> oh not, not Asmodeus. Oh, okay. I was like, what? So, so it's like, it, it's basically like this hell-style punishment, but it's happening in the celestial plane. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and, um... They're, you know, no one's happy with it. The celestials, the deities, <laughs> the people, the people—they're <laughs> surely not very happy. Um, good and evil began to make themselves known as natural forces of the universe, and the gods who could no longer bear to hear the screams of the damned arrested Asmodeus again for doing his job again. But- yeah, he and, was just doing his job. I mean, man. I'm not saying that it's not messed up that he was like flogging people and peeling off their skin and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it's it's messed, messed up. up but, but like the gods told him to do that. They told him to go and kill all these demons. They told him to torment sinners. Like he didn't, they didn't lay down any ground rules rules for what he could not do. To yeah, them. they didn't tell him he couldn't tear people's skin off. Legitimately, yes. Uh, <laughs> or you the, know. The, he, that's and that's exactly what he said. He's done nothing wrong. He's done nothing illegal. Yeah, he's a real lawful guy. Yeah, but he had a solution for them if they couldn't stand to uh, to see him torture. Oh, he proposed that he and his followers go elsewhere. Oh, I thought he was gonna he was gonna say that the gods should leave. Oh no, which would have been a power move. Let me say the gods yeah. should leave. Yeah, well, uh, if it bothers you guys so much, then just get the fuck out. Yeah, that would have been a, that's what I would have done. Where I Asmodeus also probably wouldn't have peeled people's skin off, but whatever. Fair enough, but the, I would have just Asmodeus, and he he does enjoy some skin peelies. I would have just made him watch like cringe TikTok compilations. Oh, God, that would get me. That would get that me. That would actually be worse torture for me, probably. Uh, so he said that he and his followers will go somewhere else and create a perfect hell far away from the eyes of heaven. They'll have their crime and punishment neatly tucked away. They don't even have to think about it. Which is never a problem when people in positions of authority get to the opportunity to not think about bad things that are happening. Exactly. As a result of their actions, just because they're far away from them. Exactly. That's never a Especially bad thing. Especially just for their delicate sensibilities. Yeah, and it also definitely <laughs> never happens in the real world, so. Mm. Yeah, no, not not at all. Never. I'm glad we're just talking about D&D right now. <laughs> First, he and his deities needed to, uh, he and the deities needed to make a pact. And this made <sighs> oh. people a little nervous. Oh, I love the word pact. <laughs> In this context. Asmodeus and his angels would be cut off from heaven if they go somewhere else. They wouldn't have access to their deities that had given them their powers, and they'd be unable to draw magic from their deities. Is that how that works? Okay. Yeah. Um, Basically, all celestials kind of operate like clerics, and that they draw their powers from their god. Okay, and that and that physical distance would actually yeah. impact them. Okay. Well, because the um, place that Asmodeus had in mind was Bator, which was basically a little blip of absolute nothingness. Okay. 
Like, at this point, there is nothing on Bator. Yeah. It's literally blackness. Which would make it perfect in some aspects, but that yeah. would be a difficult barrier to overcome. Yeah. Uh, the whole not having power thing. <laughs> yeah. So, because of the fact that they'd be unable to use their magic, they basically wouldn't be able to do what the... Their job. Yeah. So, they could either make the Dark Angels gods in their own right, or allow them to draw magic from the souls of the damned. Cool. Cool. Despite their reservation, the deities agreed to the latter, because they sure as hell weren't about to make them gods. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, the damned don't really do anything now, so it's not like pulling power from their souls isn't gonna make a whole big difference to them. Well, some of them felt that way. Oh. Um, Asmodeus and his followers, who were now called, um, Arrhenes and Devils, uh, left to, to Bator. The heavens were purified and all seemed well, until they discovered an alarming drop in the number of souls coming to heaven. Hmm. The gods realized that the devils were corrupting mortals and turning them towards evil. So that way they could have more people to flog and, and what have and you. And gain more power. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is a literal <laughs> power grab. This is a power grab, not yeah, a... literal power grab. Not, a, not just a collection of weirdos. <laughs> nope, this <gasps> is literally a power grab. <laughs> so the gods themselves... Entered Bator, expecting to find the near featureless landscape of black and emptiness. Instead, they found tears of hell, nine of them to be exact, uh, and mortal souls transformed through their pain and suffering into mindless larvae and eventually into powerful devils. Huh. Beautiful. Well, at least there's like a some upward mobility. Oh, yeah. For the, for the souls of the damned. Like, you get tortured for a few thousand years and then you're a grub for a little while, but then you can be a devil. That's cool. Uh, I'm going to wrap the story up quickly because there's a lot more that we have to go through. Okay. But when the gods confronted Asmodeus, he said, read the fine print. Uh-oh. <laughs> also, I'm holding up two metal fingers right now, which is also probably essentially what that was. What yeah. was this mighty fine print? It was oh, so small. It, it was, it so, was yeah. so small they can't even read yeah. it. <laughs> so. <laughs> she, yeah. Is it like is it like Dante's Inferno down there? Kind of. I, like I talked about it very briefly in the um, planes. In the planes, yeah, episode. it's like Dante's Inferno. It's down a there, little right? bit like Dante's Inferno. You have different ta- different levels of hell, and I will ta- be talking about this a little bit more in the um, in the next episode because of where we're going to end off on this one. Okay, but. Except Asmodeus isn't strictly treacherous like Lucifer was. No. Not and, strictly. Well, and I guess that the difference between D&D and real world folklore is that, like, D&D has the separate distinctions between devils and demons. So you can't keep all of the, like, treacherous, chaotic people and the lawful evil people in the same place. Yeah, because otherwise it would be... Null and void. Yeah. Okay, cool. But... Um, from there, the rest of the nine hells fell into place. Hmm. Dang. And <laughs> wow. I will tell you about what kind of place that is and what kind of citizens are there. You're going to do it, aren't you? Oh. Yeah. We're, we got to take a quick break. <sighs> Dang. Fine. Fine, fine, fine. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our devilish episode. Yes. Nice. 
Thanks. I like it. I, I, I worked really hard on it. And um, I worked really hard on it. I mean, I sprung it out immediately as soon as I thought about it. Well, it was really good. Thanks. You could have you could have told me you stayed up all night working on that one and I would have believed you. No, I stayed up all night working on the notes. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. So this is usually where we would promote ourselves, but as we mentioned last week, we're not going to do that. Um, for now, you can join us in donating at Direct Relief. That is where we are personally preferring to uh, donate to, to. It basically just g- gives money to put protective, uh, personal protective equipment. equipment, thank you, in the hands of medical providers. It's works i mean it's in the name it works directly with the providers yeah uh so that's where we're going to be donating go ahead and if you're interested in feel free to donate there yeah yep on the other subject (laughs) follow us on our twitter and instagram we we are going to promote our social media (laughs) of course uh just you know at dungeonpedia follow us there if you have any questions or topic suggestions or just Bored and want to talk. We, we love to talk about Dungeons and Dragons in case you haven't noticed. You can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and to uh, stay on top of our uploads, you can subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen, and you'll get notifications whenever we upload. And also, if any of these features are available on the platform you listen on, we would really appreciate it if you left a rating or review. But even more than that, we would appreciate it if you tell your friends, tell your family, anyone who needs something to occupy them right now and and you think might be might be interested in learning the uh, the finer points of the inhabitants of the nine layers of hell. That doesn't sound as good as it did in my head. Infernals. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, want to learn about hell? (laughs) It's fine. And as always, a big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. And I think with that, we're 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 done with all this and we can get back to hell to talk about inferts. Nice one. Hmm. Alright. Okay. More. More let's, hell. Let, <laughs> not something I ever thought that I would agree with, but yeah, more hell. Okay. No, I for some reason I don't think that's true. Eh. more hell more devils so the first of the devils that we'll be talking about and honestly the only group that we'll be talking about for today Mm -hmm. kind of kind of kind of there's a lot of kind ofs and look it's complicated and and i'll explain it later eventually it will all make sense but for now you'll be in as much confusion as i was uh going through this that's not criticism of you by the way i just think it's funny because this is how it often it it often is with dnd there's often a lot of caveats you have to make it's like you go in at the middle and you have to find yourself forward and backwards at the same time and then you come out the other end and you're like okay it finally makes sense so at the very end the first of the devils is the batazu batazu uh like the archons on the celestial planes the batazu live through ambition and promotion the batazu claim that they have always existed on Betazoo. batazu wow I had to say Betor for the pronunciation to stick back into my brain. The Beta Zoo. Beta Zoo. Okay. Um, they claim that they have always existed on Betor and are born of the plan itself. This is definitely not true for reasons I will get to momentarily, 
But the actual origins of the Beta Zoo are a mystery. Of course. Another story <coughs> says that they are inexorably tied to the Tanari of the Abyss as twisted versions that corrupted themselves into order, which I find personally very interesting and hmm. hilarious. Yeah, these looking at these guys, um, a lot of them seem to have a pretty traditional devil type, Some of them. type um, aesthetic. So, or not not necessarily devil type aesthetic, but very um evil, evil yes. creature. Very evil aesthetic. So yes. the journey of a beta zoo always begins with a larva. So larvae are what becomes of the cruel and evil mortals when their soul enters the nine hells. Cool. Good to know what's in store in my future. <laughs> <laughs> the soul larvae are about five to six feet long, yellow, worm-like, and miserable and unintelligent. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's kind of... That sucks to be dang. them. Dang, imagine just a fucking five-foot-long maggot. Oh, Basically. Ew. Just think about that for the, a minute. The devil used the harshness of hell and natural selection and basically torture to weed out all but the most durable and determined, and a handful of larvae, about one in a thousand, were molded. The next step is a lie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The Beta Zoo claim that from there the larvae are turned into Nibiribu, the least member of the race. Okay. Nibiribu, Nibiribu are massive, fat, five-foot-tall devils. Feel free to look look them up if you are in a safe place to do so. They are disgusting looking. Um, it's spelled N-U-P-P-E-R-I-B-O. N-U-P-P-E-R-I-B-O. Oh, goodness. E-R-I-B-O. Yeah. Oh, oh Lord. Nupiribo? Nupiribo? Oh, my Lord. What the fuck? Good uh, Lord. They are 250 pound... They... They walk around these 250-pound bodies that are only five feet, feet tall that waddle around incompetently because it's not like a like a human that got to that size because it's they don't have other things weighing them down. It's just mass. It's a Dark Souls monster. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it looks like oh, a god. It looks it looks like a Dark Souls monster fucked a brood mother from Dragon Age. They waddle around incompetently, blindly following orders to the to lessen their torment. Their eyes and mouths are sewn shut and clouds of vermin sting all around their massive forms. They've got to weigh more oh, than that. Good. They're five feet tall. They've got to. But my, my thing is, is that they don't have any internal organs or bones. Oh, so it's all just body. Yeah. It's just mass. Like, it's just mass. I, you, I don't even know. I, I guess <laughs> fat, maybe. It's just mass. Yeah. What are I, they made it's of? It's flesh. That's flesh. so bizarre. Yeah. Because, like, I was, like, five feet tall, 250 pounds. It's not quite as big as they're, like, picturing, showing it. But then when I think about the fact that they're not, like, some of the creatures do have internal organs, but those don't. So. Huh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so they have identifying markings from their old life, like tattoos, scars, and birthmarks. Dang. Which is probably the most upsetting thing to me. And they're, they're all... <laughs> Maybe those a poor, little bit those upsetting. Those poor tattoos, they're all very stretched out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, the truth is, if you leave a soul larva alone on Bator, it will eventually turn into a, a Nupirbo without any intervention. But if you leave a Nupirbo alone for long enough, 
it'll turn into a mature member of their race, the original natives of Bator. Like I said, the uh, okay the Batazu the Batazu are not the original member uh, the original race of Bator, but they can become. Well, no, the Nipiribo are, but they're not actually Batazu. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, all so, right. So, um, the Batazu demote the Nipiribo to the next step to prevent the reemergence of an of this ancient race. Okay. Basically, they turn the Nipiribo into their race. Huh. To stop... The previous race. The previous for, race. For they use the Nipiribo as basically... Their tools. Yeah. Basically, yeah. They're just tools but for even, whatever. But to prevent the reemergence, they end up demoting them to... So if one gets, like, too old or whatever. Exactly. Huh. Dang. Yeah. That sucks. So that really sucks. The actual next step... It's some larvae can just go this route. Some go the Nupiribo and then this route. Mm-hmm. But the actual next step for larvae is being turned into lemurs, which um, okay, that was that was L E M U R E S. That was linked in the uh, Nupiribo. Yeah. So, and it's a demotion technically for the Nupiribo, but for a long time it was considered a promotion. Um. The Lemurs were five foot tall blobs of molten flesh that oozed as they moved. They are formless below the waist, but had vaguely humanoid head and torso that looks like they're constantly kind of shrieking in pain. Christ alive. Yeah, and it's got teeth, but... Oh yeah, rows of teeth. Oh, they nasty. Yeah. They nasty. Uh, they were primarily shock troops and were effectively mindless. Oh, dang. But they are watched, cataloged, numbered, and higher fiends determined from there which are best for promotion. Because at this point, they're completely, they're not going to turn into anything else unless... Naturally. Yeah. Unless they're then promoted. Yeah. They're very, uh, they are very systematic about it, though. Oh, it yes. sounds. The Beta Zoo have to show... Ambition, strength, and intelligence to achieve promotion. Which is really easy to do when you're essentially mindless. Yeah. Yeah. See, I said that I said that as a joke, and then I realized that I I guess at that point any twinkle of anything is like, oh, that's that's special. So some Lemire are so ambitious they kind of skip the larva stage and spring forth immediately as a Lemire, but it's very rare. And they're kind of probably just immediately taken in, like, all right, let's find you your next rank. <laughs> let's let's go let's go do this now. So hmm. the method for promotion varies, though some stories say that they're thrown into the pit of flame to burn away their impurities. I mean that usually works. Yeah. Yeah. It's sure. worked for it's worked for a couple special variations of dragons, so it's like blah blah blah, purification by fire, blah blah blah. So you're going to enjoy this next one, both of you probably. <laughs> oh, Okay. So from there, we have the Spinagons, or Spined Devils. <coughs> um, it's spelled S-P-I-N-A-G-O-N-S. They are winged, <gasps> porcupine-like, and act as messengers. Oh my god! They are covered in spine, and apparently spineless, in that they are weak-willed by nature and not very intelligent. <laughs> oh god, I love these guys. They look really cool, actually. They really do. They love to torture and torment and travel in flocks. They have glowing red eyes and they make high-pitched giggles and shrieks mocking to mockingly mimic their victims. 
What the hell? Dang, these look like a fucking Shin Megami Tensei monster. A lot of these have. Sorry, obligatory weekly Shin Megami Tensei reference. Naturally. Travis is like traveling through a facial journey right now. That they look pretty cool. They look amazing. They I really love do. these things. They, I will say of the one of these um If only they weren't dumb. Well yeah. Of the Beitsuzu that I've looked into, they're probably my favorite in terms of their silhouette and just everything about them. I love the fact that they giggle and mimic their victims. <laughs> yeah, their their silhouette's pretty excellent. They're the, so the shape is the shape is good. Yeah, you said they have no spines. Well, they they have spineless personalities. Spineless oh, okay. I was like, how? No, they have spines. Like how? Though? I mean, do you think do you think devils need internal organs or, or other assorted? Like, do you think they need bones? Probably not. Where we're going, we don't need bones. I mean, to be fair, the Lemire and the Beitsuzu, or not the Beitsuzu, the uh, Nipparibo don't really. Yeah, they're just kind of masses. Yeah. yeah. All right, so this next part is a bit confusing. Oh, boy. And basically, in short, Planescape treats the Ab- Abishai as the, a potential next step on the promotion for Beitsuzu. Mm-hmm. The Abishai resemble gothic gargoyles between five and seven feet tall. Really cool looking. Um, Abishai, by the way, is spelled A-B-I-S-H-A-I. Oh, yes, I got it. They have, like, leathery bat wings and prehensile barbed tails. They also come in five colors. Red, white, black, green, and blue. That's interesting. This is where things get a little complex. Oh, boy. Interesting. Let Let me see. Please tell me Tiamat fucked somebody. My phone's Please. slow. She, oh, did Lord. she fuck Asmodeus? So, Abishai are claimed to have been created by Tiamat with the help of a pit fiend. Hmm. Oh, that's right. She did have some pit fiends that she screwed around with. Yes. I suppose both of these things could technically be true. That, like, um, they are a step in they the Beitsuzu, like, process. Hierarchy. Hierarchy. Yeah. But um, also, they are a Tiamat creation. Um, interestingly sure. enough, Mordecai's Tome of Foes says this about the I- Abishai. Tiamat is a force of chaos bound to a place of law. Are Abishai her servants or her jailers? Ooh. Hmm. So, I will say this. Um, of the Beisazu, there are three types of fertility, basically. There are female Beitsuzu, mm-hmm. which are all infertile. Okay. There are sexless Beitsuzu, which are all infertile. Okay. And then there are male Beitsuzu, which are all fertile. Okay. So, it is possible that a male pit demon had some babies with Tiamat. I mean, what? I wouldn't even say possible. I would I would go so far as to say likely. And created an entire sect to the Beitsuzu hierarchy to step their way through. Yeah, it sounds incredibly likely that that is exactly what happened. I mean, and even if even if that's not how the Abishai kind of entered this whole thing, like Tiamat probably fucked a pit scene. Oh, yeah. No, just undoubtedly. For, just for fun. Um, <laughs> so... <sighs> Real quick aside, apparently I wrote children oof Tiamat. Children oof Tiamat. Uh, I mean, oof, I mean, that's, oof that's, Tiamat. Oof Tiamat. That's what Bahamut says every day. <laughs> <laughs> so the Abishai were arrogant and viewed themselves as 
the purest children of Tiamat. I mean, mm. yeah, they're part demon or devil, excuse me. They're part devil, part dragon. You don't get any cooler than that. Fair enough. I would be full of myself if I was one of those. They yeah, I probably them, would too. They viewed themselves as better than all other children of Tiamat and all other Betazu. They act as both torturers and wardens of the Nine Hells, so it's not but they also attend to Tiamat. So they are her servants and they, her jailers. And her jailers and, and other people's jailers. Yeah. And also they torture people for fun. But I mean I mean, I mean that's just know. that's just yeah, I mean that's yeah. a given. We're in the Nine Hells, it's a given. So a spinagon could also be promoted to a barbazoo. Uh barbazoo is spelled B A R B A Z U. Barbazoo were six feet tall, green-skinned humanoids, very muscly. Uh, they had disgusting beard-like tendrils that were venomous and pointed ears and long, thick tails. <gasps> Davy Jones. Venomous? Yeah. Davy Jones was the first thing I thought of. I With mean, those, those... My phone's being slow, so... Those fun beards. Oh, my God. That one's purple, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Wow, those tentacles, though. Yeah, it said green-skinned uh, when I first saw them, but I think after, like, from edition to edition, their skin tone kind of varies. But the important part is the little tendrils. The tentacle beard. They can whip those around and attack their enemies with those. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. They also carry a massive sawtooth glaive. Ooh. Barbazoo are violent and volatile and gorge themselves on violence. They make for ideal shock troops. Yeah. Of course they do. They they do look that that type of way. Yeah. So another potential promotion for the Spinagons is the Ocelot. The Ocelots were nine feet tall creatures with oh, right. You probably want to know how to spell it to look it up. Yeah. O S Y L U T H S. Uh they're nine foot tall creatures with dry Sickly skin that seem tautly stretched over every bone in their body. These ones are also called bone bone devils. Oh, these guys look cool. Bone daddies? But, no. <laughs> I'm editing that out. Um, thank you. Uh, they were incredibly gaunt husks, so emaciated that they seemed skeletal. Their tails resembled giant scorpions, and their heads kind of look like scales. Or scales. Skulls. Um, driven by hate, lust, and envy, <laughs> these bone devils act as the cruel taskmasters of the Nine Hells. <clears throat> oh, man. The, the first edition art of them is really good. Oh, God. <laughs> that scorpion tail, This though. is fucking hilarious. Beautiful. I love it. So, they, um, they delegate work to lo- lower devils, and they take special delight in seeing fiends that defy them demoted. At the same time, they Those long bitches. for promotion <laughs> and are bitterly envious of their superiors. That's what that's what you call that one person in, in the office that you know is like that. You just call him a bone devil. Karen, bone you devil. absolute bone devil. You bone devil. Damn. <laughs> so they wield hooked pole arms made out of bone, and they which they use to subdue enemies before striking them with their venomous tails. Yeah, they're fucking scorpion tails. You have a scorpion tail, you don't yeah. need anything else. Fucking scorpion tails, Come man. on now. So, dang, those guys are cool too. Another potential promotion is the Hamatula. So it's, it, it just gets to a certain point, and then it goes in like four different directions. Yeah, and it, you think that that's all it is, but it's about it's more complicated than that. <sighs> of course. Okay. Of course it's more complicated. It's always more complicated. So Hamatulas are spelled H-A-M-A-T-U-L-A-S. 
They were lithe, seven-foot-tall humanoids with greenish skin that was completely covered in barbs. Their hands ended in long claws, and they acted as guardians and patrollers of the Nine Hells. Imagine that thing just coming after you, waving its claws. Waving its claws. They're incredibly greedy creatures, prideful and desperate to increase their own status. Interestingly enough, they are immune to bribery. Hmm. Really? Yes. You know, if one of those was coming at me, I would probably open my arms. Did it, like... That actually does describe one of their attacks is a hug attack. (laughs) I was about to get to that. It's a hug attack where they look, like, they grab you and their barbs and claws just sink into you. Okay, well... Jesus. I mean, I know that we're talking about demons here, but these things are brutal. Devils. Devils. My bad. Devils (laughs) are demons. What? Devils are demons. No. (laughs) No. You know, see, and the thing is, is, like, it's not that I would have disagreed with you. Wait. It's not that I would have even agreed with you prior to this. Because I've always felt like there's a there's a difference in, in the connotation. But I can't right. put I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Either way. Like I feel like I don't know. I feel <clears throat> like I'd rather but I will say I feel like that's a very Western thing of you think of the devil and plural demons. That might be that. Yeah. I think I, I can't say I would probably rather party with demons than devils. I don't know why. <laughs> well, chaos. Uh, <gasps> chaos. See, I, I secretly knew it before we even started this. <laughs> so the final promotion of the Spinagon is the Omnizu, spelled A-M-N-I-Z-U. So I feel like I've seen these ones before. You may have. The Omnizu is it's rare for Spinagons to be directly promoted to Omnizu, and... More likely, they would follow a different line of promotion, as Planescape offers that Abishai can also be promoted to Barbazoo, Ocelot, and so on. So it's like, <clears throat> Spinagon can promote, be promoted to all of these, but also, Spinagon, who are promoted to one, can also advance upwards to Omnizoo through the others. Good cool. lord. You know... These things need to get their shit in order, like yeah, like we thought that the the alternate branching for the uh, the Asaman was bad. I feel like this or, is another form of torture that the devils use on each other. Shit, you're <laughs> probably right. Yeah, that's their that's their secret model. Bastards. Yeah, <laughs> is is just the the bureaucracy. Fucking probably. And you know what they say? Hell is other people. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, the Omnizoos were short green humanoids, about four or five feet tall and weighing about 200 pounds. They had large leathery wings is what it says. But what I think they meant was small because they're tiny. Yeah, they're very small. They had bald heads and a very small face and they dressed very opulently uh, to show the fact that they are higher ranking members of the Bezozoo. Naturally. Yeah, they look like capitalism. They do look like capitalism. A little bit. Uh, they were powerful, and they protected the river sticks. Uh, they also drew all the rules of the Nine Hells into new arrivals' pitiful brains and marshaled the Lemures into legions. Imagine just be, being on a boat, and this green guy is, is at the head of the boat, just, like, reading off these rules to you, and you're just like... Ugh. And he keeps poking your little larva head with the stick because he doesn't think you're paying enough attention. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're like, can you just... Can I? Can someone just set me on fire can right you, now? Can you just stop, please? Can you just throw me into the river? <laughs> that would be less torturous than what I'm dealing with right now. So, the Omnizu's only method of promotion is through demotion, and more on that later. <clears throat> yeah, 
Okay. <laughs> so, and Abishai can be promoted, uh, like I said, to as a barb- uh, a barbazoo, but it can also be promoted to a Cochracon or an Irinae. Ir- Irinae. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Cochracons resemble large fly-like creatures with dark blue-purple carapaces and long limbs. Cochracon, by the way, is spelled K-O-C-R-A- C-H-O-N-S. <gasps> Beelzebub. No. <laughs> I mean, he kind of looks like him. So they have these, like, small head and long serrated proboscises. They have insectoid eyes. They're basically giant flies. Yeah. Um, they were sadistic torturers. He said it's utterly sadistic. And utterly sadistic. See, when you're when you're a, a type of devil, and they note how sadistic you are in the company of other devils, like that's, that's when you, bad. That's when you know. So their only method for promotion is to become an Aranier. So you'll recall the Aranier from earlier. I promise I talked about them. They are the Furies of the Nine Hells, the original Fallen Angels. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now they are mm. also a. Um, a point of the promotion for the um, the devils, the Beta Zoo. Okay. What? Yes. Cool. All right. Whatever. <sighs> so they can easily be mistaken for celestials because they were beautiful, six foot tall winged humanoids. Um, they had glowing red eyes, and their wings are still feathered. They're not like leathery. Previous editions refer to them all as being all naturally female, though could appear to be an idealized version of any race or gender. Mm-hmm. But basically, uh, fifth edition basically kind of retcons that. Fifth edition retcons a lot of this. I'm just throwing everything. Fifth yeah. edition retcons a lot. They can be any gender. Cool. Uh, okay. And they're also like, let's be real, they're probably still beautiful. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're probably still beautiful, just like evil. Yeah. Evil, sexy, beautiful. And I should mention at this point that in previous editions, that a devil's gender changes many times in their life, basically through each form. Yeah, yeah I was kind of thinking about that, considering that some are genderless and then yeah, yeah, can have multiple genders and blah blah blah. And yeah, yeah. Don't forget to draw <clears throat> eyelashes on your little grub, so that way people know it's a girl grub. <laughs> <laughs> so. An Aranier brings swift death to creatures who have wronged their masters or defied the edicts of Asmodeus. They are the executioners of hell. Ooh. Nice. They also have a natural charm, which makes for excellent corruption. Many Aranier have no interest in being promoted up because they have absolute freedom as the ultimate corrupter. They go around corrupting humans, or well, mortals. So they really just do not care about promotion. Yeah, because they have the most freedom. Why would they give a shit? Yeah, there's no reason to give that away. It's not very lawful of them. (laughs) Hey, I mean, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that (laughs) that I that I think that that Mm. unqualifies them. But I feel like if we're looking at boxes and we're looking at gradients within those boxes, they might be approaching the neutral. They the neutral evil box, and sometimes. They, they're treading a fine line can actually end up on the other side of that line because they can be demoted to Barbazoo. Oh. Or back down to any of the other ones. But they can be demoted, basically. And, hmm. you know, if someone feels that the uh, 
Arniers under them are too interested in in their current position and not ambitious and, and, enough. In the wrong things, yes. Yeah. Then demotion. Demotion. Yeah. yeah. How how do you like being a sickly green nasty person. venomous monster? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh that said, Arnier can be demoted like the to, in that way. In those ways, or promoted to Ocelot, Amachala, Omnizu, or a Cornigon. Okay. <laughs> oh, I realize I've never spelled Arnier. Let me do that real quick. Uh E-R-I-N-Y-E-S. Yep. Yep. So yep. the Cornigon, real quick, is C-O-R-N-U-G-O-N. They're also called the Melbranch. Malabranch? Malabranch. Uh, they're ogre-sized beings that are nine foot tall, 600 pounds. They were roughly humanoid and sheathed in scales. They have massive wings, serpentine tails, and these sweeping horns. Oh, that's a very traditional-looking devil. Oh, yeah. See, I was going to say that were I an Aranye, I would probably look at one of these guys and be like, oh, I don't want to be that, but... They're, they're kind of cool. They're, they are they, cool. They, they do look pretty cool. Especially given that they're the more traditional look. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, that's not too I bad. I just want some big horns. That's all I want. So they're described as being elite defense troops, but in later editions, they're described as being lazy to the point of belligerence and more inclined to delegate. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so take that how you will. I mean, uh, if if you're a defense troop, I guess you can kind of laze around more than like a shock troop. True. <laughs> uh, a Cornigon can come from the promotion of Arnier or Hamatula or the demotion of an Anizu, and they have nowhere to go but up other than demotions from to the previous ranks. But point is, it's not like demotion into something new. Yeah. Or or Exactly. It's not like a a good demotion. Yeah. Like a demotion to go on a different path, like the Amizu would do. It's just a, you just get worse at what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. So, as I said, only a Cornigon can be promoted into a Gelugon. Jesus, all these, all these names. Gelugon is spelled G-E-L-U-G-O-N-S. And I'm going to pronounce it Gelugon instead of Gelugon, because that just does not sound right. Uh, Gelugons look like a giant bipedal s- insect with clawed hands and feet and powerful mandibles and a long tail covered in razor-sharp spikes. Ugh. Some carry barbed spears whose icy touch can render a foe all but helpless in combat. They're mostly found in the cold layers of hell, and they serve as commanders, but they crave the power over their superiors, the pit fiends. Ooh, okay, boy. see, if I was a Malabranc, I would look at one of these guys and be like, I don't want to be that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to turn into that, so I'm good. I'm actually going to keep my, like, horns and wings and stuff. Uh, yeah. But I have think... you looked at what a pit fiend is, looks like? No, I haven't, because <laughs> we're working our way up, and I don't want to spoil myself. Well, unfortunately, that's where we have to stop today. <gasps> no! Oh, what? I'm sorry! What? I'm sorry. There's too much to go into the, on Pit Fiends to okay. go into it today. No, go find it right now and tell us. We're going <sighs> to research on the fly. This is our first live research episode, guys. I'm really sorry. I wanted to find any possible way I could just keep like the Pit Fiends in here and just like, okay, 
Yeah, I can just do, squeeze the pit fiends in here, but no, I have to include them in the next one. Okay. Do you want me to at least tell you what they look like? No, just no, save it. no, oh, just just okay. save, it. save it, just save it. I'll we'll, just hey, we'll if you guys are mad, direct that at Lewin and Travis. Hey, we'll end on the cliffhanger. We'll just and hey now, yeah, just we'll commiserate about the fucking blue balls Taylor's leaving us here with. Listen, it's okay. I understand the the, the creative. <clears throat> mm, no, it's it's not even creative. Do you on know my how part. much like? I'm shuffling just, around I had to do to make sure that I had enough room for that story about Asmodeus. <laughs> I'm just I'm just sitting here being uh being dictated to. There's no creativity on my part. Oh well, that gives us something to look forward to in a couple weeks. It does. Talk about pit fiends. Because I I guess I didn't realize that pit fiends were so high up the ladder. Like high ranking in D&D because I feel like in other stuff, like other media and like video games and shit, which is media, you see pit fiends as like very very lowly kind of imp-like imp-like enemies but pit fiends are just a step below arch devils which i guess i should have expected because i definitely did read about tiamat having a a circle of pit fiends that she was involved with and that's like in tiamat loves she probably wouldn't have gotten involved with the bottom rung of the ladder yeah yeah she almost certainly doesn't have any lemure Oh play no! Things. Her, well, yeah. she she probably ha- she might have Lemire playthings, but not Lemire consorts. Oh know? yeah, no, pl- by playthings, those are the those kinds are the ones that she just sets on fire for fun. Yeah, those are the ones that she like eats after she's done. Yeah, you know, those are her snacks. <laughs> Damn. Oh, them Lemires. Well then, those hey. Lemires don't be looking like a snack though. They're nasty. They are. Well, uh, thank, thank you. This has everyone. been this has been enlightening. Thank you, Taylor. You're yes. welcome. Um. Unlike the Celestials, this is not going to be three neat episodes and then... Is it going to be three messy episodes? No, this is going to be multiple episodes. Are they going to be messy? I'm hoping... I I believe the next episode is going to finish up Devils, and then after that we can start on Demons. Okay. Ooh, boy. (laughs) Devils and Demons and Dungeons and Dragons. Lots of of Ds. (laughs) Just like Tiamat. Just like (laughs) Tiamat. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. Oh, I can't believe they're dragon devils. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on the various social media platforms. You know, all that fun stuff that yeah. we cover in the ad break. Yeah. And as always, make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Yeah. Stay safe. Tell your, tell your friends if you think they'd be interested in the precise difference between... <laughs> just walk up to your friend and be like, hey... Have you ever wondered what the difference is between a devil and a demon? And then when they look at you like you're crazy, that's when you tell them about our podcast. No, you just pull it out and start playing it. Yeah. <laughs> this. Except pull it out on their phone so that it'll get us an additional listen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, can I see your phone really quick? So this was not a suggested topic, but if you do have a topic to suggest for us, not for me, I'm going to be very busy in the yeah. future. Yeah, Taylor's, Taylor's boxed in. But for Lewin and Travis, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com yeah and uh i think with that uh that's gonna end us off for today so check us out next week on dungeonpedia pit fiends though yeah yeah what do you think those are gonna look like you guys oh i know what they look like meet me in the pit if you want an ass kicking in the next 1000 years (laughs) 